Everybody needs a little boost in the middle of their week. I'm glad you're joining us. My name is Gabe Kolstad with Westside Community Church, and we're here with the Midweek Motivation episode of the Westside Podcast, where we just try to offer some short, practical help to get you going in the middle of your week and keep you positive and encouraged and energized, give you some ideas and tips for growing in your life and in your faith. This month, we're focusing in on some practical next steps out of our weekend teachings in our Stranger Things series, kind of going back into the vault to pull up some of our best content. So let's jump in. Satan wants you to sleepwalk through another year. You believe that? It's easy to come out of a year and move into another year sort of half asleep. And if you feel like you're not really sure what this year might bring, if you're not 100% sure that you're ready to tackle the challenges of 2022, maybe you want another week off for a holiday break, maybe you want a little bit more time to think it through, I want to challenge you that this is right where you need to be today. Because God has plans for you that are so unbelievable, they're so indescribable, uh, that, that they are beyond anything you could possibly do on your own, and there's an opportunity for you to connect to those things today. We're going to be talking in this series uh, for the next five weeks. How do you be at your best? How do you be a person who's been equipped with the direction and the power and the wisdom to really knock it out of the park this year in 2022. This year uh, has so much potential. And I know you might be thinking that all churches say the same thing the first Sunday of every year. It is like, hey, this is gonna be a great year. Do you believe that? It could be. Because really, we're standing at the beginning of it and we're looking out at it and we're going like, hey, I was writing down this week in my journal. I, I wrote these words down. How it starts matters. How it starts matters, because when you start the year strong, when you, when you determine ahead of time, I'm going to do a few things, really important things well this year, uh, and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to build a crew, and I'm going to make sure that I've got accountability in my life, and I'm going to make sure that i got leverage on myself to know that my life matters so much that I'm not going to waste this year. I'm not going to sleepwalk through any of it. I mean, wouldn't it be great right now if you said, okay, there's 364 days left in this year, including today? And if you said, I won't waste a single one of those 364 days, I will maximize, I will give God every bit of every day. I'm going to make sure that this year I'm ready to live at my best. I love bridges. Absolutely love them. I don't know what it is. I, I wanted to be an architect when I was a kid. And I, so I have all these sketches from when I was a kid of little things I was like trying to design and stuff. And I still love those things. And I love bridges. They're just beautiful. These, they connect two worlds. And a lot of times, they, they really are very artful. I mean, there's very utilitarian bridges. Like if you drive through downtown Portland, the Markham Bridge. It's like, could we put some paint on it or something? Because there anything we can do to make that bridge like appealing to drive over? But then you got the St. John's Bridge. That, that's a beautiful bridge. Um, there's some beautiful bridges in Portland, of course. Here's, here's my top three favorite bridges from around the world. The first one is the Golden Gate Bridge. You might agree with me, that's a, that's a beauty, right? And that is a beautiful bridge. Uh, I mean, it was built in 1937. Can you imagine? You're driving, do you, does it ever make you nervous to drive over a really old bridge? <laughs> it does me, I'm just like, has anybody checked on this thing lately? You know, because that's old. Uh, that is old, but it's beautiful. And if you read the stories about the Golden Gate Bridge, all the sacrifice that went into that thing, 
Uh, did you know that all year long, 365 days in a row, they're painting that bridge one little section at a time, and it takes the whole year to repaint it, and then they start back at the beginning of the next year, and they repaint that thing again. Isn't that amazing? But that's, I love bridges because they're so fascinating. My second favorite is called the Ponto Vecchio. It is in Florence, and uh, Florence, Italy. I love this bridge. I mean, did you know that this bridge right here um, was one of the only things that didn't get bombed in World War II? And it's, it's why it's still in such good shape. There's shops along that bridge that are just fascinating. I love walking over that bridge. One time, our family had the opportunity to stay in a 12th century apartment one block away from the Ponto Vecchio. It was absolutely fantastic. But bridges really, they create this, this connection between two worlds. Here's my third favorite bridge is the Brooklyn Bridge, obviously, in New York. And um, beautiful huge bridge, but it's just, if you've ever been close to it, it's bigger than it looks. It's huge. And I love that bridge. Did you know that before the Brooklyn Bridge was built, the same guy, Roebling was his last name, built another bridge as kind of a concept bridge in Cincinnati, Ohio. And so here's the Roebling Bridge. I think I have a picture of the Roebling Bridge. It looks a lot like the Brooklyn Bridge. It's way smaller. And uh, recently, when, uh, when there was so much ice, um, they, they had all these trucks, big trucks had to drive over that bridge because the other bridge got closed. And so there's all these big trucks driving over this bridge that was built in 1866. And, um, and you probably can imagine what happened. It didn't go well, right? So when, when we were recently in Cincinnati, they had to close this bridge because it was not sound, and it makes me think about like, what would have happened if they, well, first of all, what happened that made them want to close it? That's a scary thing to think about. We could walk over and we did walk over it, although with a little bit of fear and trembling going like, is this thing going to hold up? Because they're fixing it right now. But I wonder what would have happened if they hadn't stopped and said, let's fix the bridge. Because the bridge is very important. It connects two worlds and it needs to be able to support the weight of those who are trusting it. And I wanna position you today to think about your life as a bridge. You are, in many ways, a bridge. And how structurally sound you are determines how many people can rely on you and how God can use you to connect two worlds. And I want you to think about the, the structure of your bridge. I want you to think about how much weight could it handle. I want you to think about, you know, is there some art to it? Is, is this something that people are going like, I wanna drive over that bridge, I wanna be connected. And so I know somebody who can help me. I think this, this year, 2022, is an opportunity for you and I to go, you know what I wanna be? I wanna be a bridge. I wanna be a better connector. I wanna be strong and I wanna be at my best so that people can count on me. It's, it's a thrill when God uses you to do something like what Carly just explained. She was able to take the step of baptism this last year. And if you know Carly at all, if you've seen her around, you know, God is doing this remarkable work in her life and she's just on fire for God and she's seeing all these things happen. And many of you were part of her story of connecting with God. And he used you because you, you were at your best, you were ready. And he'll do that again and again and again and again this next year in this thing that is absolutely fantastic and fascinating. In Ephesians chapter three, today we're gonna start off with a message that is about being a stronger, better you. Ephesians chapter three is this New Testament letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this group of Christians who were trying to figure out how to follow Jesus. And maybe you're here today online or on site, and maybe you wouldn't say you're necessarily a follower of Jesus yet, 
what you're looking at. And maybe you would say, I, I, there's this appeal. Uh, you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be even checking it out if there wasn't something stirring in your heart. And maybe it is something that you, you wanna connect to somebody who's more powerful than you, God. You wanna be around people who are on a journey that's positive, that's moving somewhere good. And you, you feel like you need a little something extra in your life this year. I mean, I, th I think you can find it in Jesus. And Paul was writing to these people who had. And maybe you're here and you're going like, no, I'm on the journey. I'm already a follower of Jesus and I'm trying to figure out how to live my best life. And I, I wanna show you what he says in Ephesians chapter three. He says this, he goes, you know, thinking about that idea of what you could be, he paints this big picture, this amazing picture of what God promises to do in our lives. And then he goes in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15. He says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. He goes, when I think about the vastness of the promises God has, the ideas that he has for your life, he goes, when I think of all of this, it makes me want to fall down and pray because it's such a glorious and grand thing that it's like if it was to be, it would be amazing. And he goes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall to my knees. I'm going to beg God to do that in your life. In light of this trembling realization of what's at stake, Paul begs God for the blessings, the outcome of his entire plan. What is at stake in your life? Well, if that bridge had collapsed, that would have been a tragedy. And if our lives collapse, it's a tragedy. You've seen it happen, I've seen it happen. Somebody we know gets under pressure and they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. They didn't pay attention to the foundations. They didn't pay attention to the supports and the structure in their life. And something drove over their life that was too heavy for them and they collapse. And you see the shrapnel, don't you? It goes out, it goes out so far and people get hurt and people are disappointed and people get disillusioned and families blow up and lives are wrecked. And, and we do not wanna be those people. And Paul's going, don't let this happen to you. God has way too big of a plan for you. It is time for you. This is, this is not the year for us to slumber. This is, this is the year for us to seize it and go, I, we have just been through a hard season. And you know what hard seasons do to people? They make them stronger. Because you're here right now, you're actually stronger than you were before the hardship started. And you can keep going and keep growing. And God's gonna do some great stuff. So I wanna give you three commitments you must make. If you want this year, honestly, if you want this year to be your best, and why not? Maybe you might be like, well, you know, 2017 was a pretty great year. I don't know how I'm gonna beat that. God could do it. What, what was your best year in your whole life? I don't know, but God could beat that this year. If you want this to be your best year, then there's three commitments you must make. The first one is this, is you gotta grow roots. You gotta grow roots because people are depending on you because if there's pressure in life, and there is every single day, am I right? Raise your hand if you got pressure every day of your life. Yeah, we have it, right? At home, hit it in the chat. Just say, I've got pressure every day of my life. Some days are horrible, right? Some days you're like, ah, you got to have roots if you want to be able to withstand that kind of pressure. And it's not like you're an island. People are depending on you right now. People are looking at you. They're trusting in you. They're following you. Isn't that scary to think about for a second? Go like, please stop looking. Please stop following. I don't need that kind of pressure. Well, you get it. You get it because you're a human being. And if you're a follower of Jesus, he calls you to be an example. 
So you gotta grow some roots. I love what Paul says in Ephesians 3, 16 and 17. He says, I pray, listen to this. He says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots, look at this, will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Oh man, we're really essentially talking about faith today. That's the topic at hand. Your faith, your faith life, how strong would you say it is? What would, it, what would you say it would take to discourage you in your faith? I mean, would it be as small as a, a little financial hiccup? Would that, would that do it? You know, Somebody once said, the worth of a man is what it would take to stop him. The worth of a woman is what it would take to stop her. I think that's true. But in your faith life, what would it take to discourage you from following Jesus? Maybe is it, is it a prayer that you'd pray that wouldn't be answered the way that you wanted it answered? Would that stop you? Would it be somebody that you're watching who messes up royally and you go, I can't believe that somebody who claims to be a follower of Jesus would do something like that? Would you walk away for that? Would it be if there was another year of lockdown? Would that make you walk away from your faith? What, what would discourage you? Because the answer so the question is, wherever you don't have roots deeply embedded, you know, you're going to be on ground that's not supported. And so if, you, if you're a person who hasn't grown roots, then you're going to be easily discouraged. And only you can change that. That is 100% in, in your control. How deep are your roots? It's how deep you decide to grow them. And obviously God does the growing, but you're, you make yourself available, you know? And Paul's going, I want his glorious unlimited resources to empower you with inner strength through his spirit. He's saying, then Christ is gonna make his home in your hearts and you're gonna trust in him. I, mean, I love, he says, un glorious unlimited resources. He didn't just say resources. He didn't just say unlimited resources. He was glorious unlimited resources. He goes, God has so much that you haven't even tapped into. And I can't describe it with one word. I have to use three, glorious unlimited resources. It's so much that God could do in your life. It's a lavish scale. I was born nine years, 348 days after MLK's famous I Have a Dream speech. And there's something about the era in which I was born that created people who wanted to try and push the limits and the boundaries, I think. And, and so, you know, you grow up in a, in a place in a time when somebody goes, I have a dream. Just a few years before Martin Luther King said that, uh, John Kennedy said, let's put a man on the moon. I was born just four years after people walked on the moon. And, you know, there was something happening in that era that was like, oh my gosh, anything is possible. And I think we maybe we need to get back to this idea of like, I have a dream. This idea of like, let's put a man on the moon. I've said before as a joke, but maybe not a joke, let's put a church on the moon. <laughs> could we do it? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if Elon Musk can get to the moon, could we? I don't know. Maybe. That's next year's Christmas offering. How's that? <laughs> What is the secret wish that you dream of God accomplishing through your life? That's, that's a good question to ponder. What's the secret wish that you dream of God accomplishing in your life? Have you thought about it? Would you think about it? If you could think about it, and if you could write something down today that might be something that God is stirring in you to do, do you believe that your life matters? I think you do. I don't think you'd be here if you didn't. 
that, and sometimes you might doubt that. I do sometimes, don't we all? We doubt that. Like, oh, does my life really matter? But it's the one thing we all want more than anything else is for our life to matter. And if you believe that it does, if you, if you don't believe that it does, you haven't believed what God says about you. If you do believe that it does, then you know that it's worth taking a little bit of time to go, what is the secret wish? Here's mine. I, I secretly wish that God would use me and us together to create a global movement of multiplying disciples. That's, that's, that's the, the, if I could write, here's my biggest dream of my whole life. That's what I want. I want us to be involved in creating a global movement of multiplying disciples, disciples being followers of Jesus, people who are Christians, people who are falling in love with Jesus and then sharing their faith with other people. If, I, I mean, that would, for me, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's like the pinnacle of a dream of a life for me is that God would use me and us to create a global movement of multiplying disciples. Something that just becomes another one of those times in history when God goes, boom, and there's these ripples, and, and then people's lives are made better. That's, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how good that would be. And we see a little bit of it happening. We do. It's ha- it happens through people like Carly, right? And you go, Carly, she knows so many people, and she's living her faith so well, and God is using her to reach other people. And like, that's it right there. You know, so, so I think God wants all of us to be involved in that dream. In this verse, it says, God's going to empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And you know, the word that's used in that verse for strength or strengthen is the opposite of the word discourage. So it's like you could either be discouraged or you could be filled with inner strength. That's the opposite that Paul paints that picture. And I was reading this week in Proverbs 1, verse 33 says this, it says, but all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. I, I, I was reflecting on that verse. All who live, all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Do you know that the harm rarely comes? It's the fear that tears us apart. The harm rarely comes. The, the studies show like 95% of the time, the stuff you worry about is never even going to happen. It's the worry. It's the fear. That's why we need deep roots. Because deep roots help us trust in something that's beyond the circumstances of the day. And if you want to grow deep roots, it's gonna make you so strong, so, so strong. Now, how do you do that? Here, here's a couple of things. One, it takes a crew. It takes a crew. You can't build deep roots on your own, and I think that's something you, can, you can't miss that truth in the New Testament. If you read the New Testament, you cannot miss the fact that this is not a solo game. This is a group experience. And if you are isolated right now from other believers, you will not grow deep roots until you do, until you connect. That's just the bottom line. Um, nobody can become all they were meant to be by themselves. It's a team sport. And I think that's a really important cause and call for you and me is to go, well, then what is my community? What's my crew look like? We're gonna be getting ready in a couple of weeks to start talking about groups. This is kind of how we do it at Westside. We do groups and we get together and we don't do it alone. And I want you to start thinking about, could you make time and space in your life for other believers to be in a crew? Because if you're not, you won't be at your best this year. That's just a, that's just a fact. And I hope that you'll make a change in that if you're, if you're currently alone. The other thing is you gotta be hospitable. It says Christ will make his home in your hearts. What does that mean? That means that he's gonna, he's gonna knock on the door, you're gonna open the door, and, and like, you know, you know how it is? Sometimes you, 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 like, maybe you made a delivery for Uber or something like that, and you, you knock on the door, somebody opens the door, and you look inside, and, and it's like, whoa, 
I would never go into that house. <laughs> I could never go. I could never see myself. But have you ever been in somebody's house where it's like you knock on the door, they open the door, you come in and it's like, wow, you really thought of me, you know? There's maybe some snacks on the table, the couch is clean, you can sit down. What does it mean to make your life hospitable for Christ to make his home in your heart? I think it means you gotta push out some of the distractions, some of the things that you've maybe let creep in, even in 2021, maybe there's some stuff from 2021, you go, I, I gotta get rid of that stuff. There's no room for Jesus right now to sit down in my living room. What would it look like for you to go, I'm gonna clean house, I'm gonna make room, he's gonna have a place to sit, we're gonna, we're gonna bring him in. That's what he wants to do. He says, if you'll do that, then your roots will grow down and keep you strong. And what will happen if you have strong roots? Well, you're gonna be a good bridge for people, but not just random people. Think about right now, who are the top three people that you care about the most in your life? What do they need from you this year? What do they want for you this year? I'm pretty sure every single one of them would want the best for us this year. And that they would, if, if you were to ask the top three people you love the most, would it, be, would it be a good thing for you if I was to grow my roots down a little bit more into my faith so that I'm stronger in this 2022? Nobody would be like, nah, don't bother with that. Like, that's not gonna make any difference. Everyone would be like, oh yeah. I'll even help you. I can't believe you're finally saying this. Yeah, that's what everybody wants for us. Thank you so much for joining us for a little midweek motivation. I hope you have a great week. I want to just ask you to do two quick things. Number one, would you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of the content we want to help you with in the coming weeks? And secondly, consider popping by a Westside service, either on site right here in our Portland, Oregon area campus or uh, online. And you can find out more either way about our Sunday services at westsidecommunitychurch.com. We'll see you soon.